0: if you're good at something never do it for free you're my older brother and i love you
1: but don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again my
2: <laughs> welcome back we are the Pod fellas and thanks for listening to our entertainment podcast i'm myron and joining me each week is will how's it going
1: everyone
2: Each week, we'll provide a film or TV review, followed by a deeper dive into a related topic. Today, we'll be providing a review of Bad Boys for Life, and we're going to follow that up with a look back at our favorite Michael Bay moments. He uh, didn't direct this film, but uh, (laughs) if you look close enough, I think you're going to be able to see him in it. It's actually pretty obvious, (laughs) but uh, (laughs) they played the moment for humor, which, you know, I thought it was was a good gag. I
1: thought it was endearing. I thought it was like a nice little Easter egg, you know, just kind of cool.
2: Yeah. Anyway, we were supposed to record this um, last week when we were in Miami, but we had to uh, evacuate our hotel room sooner than expected. Anyway, I know this was your first time in Miami. What did did you think of the city?
1: I think it was interesting for my first time on the first day to experience the coldest day in nine years in Miami to the point where i wish we would have experienced it but we only saw it on the news where iguanas were literally frozen and falling from the trees
2: yeah i remember <laughs> that um, blew my mind yeah so we we stayed on south beach and uh you know i had these images of like you know club music playing and us like you know hanging Which out in did. the hot weather yeah but the just no one was listening to it because it was too damn cold <laughs> and you and i were huddled no next no to a space heater it was pretty ridiculous well actually you know even
1: before that we were in our in the hotel and from our window obviously we see like neon lights and all these like you know lights going off and and obviously i didn't look out but i was just like wow man is that like a party going on out there and and then i think Myron used to, said yeah dude yeah it's like it's always partying out here and then lo and behold we go and like downstairs like we had a drink and no one's out yeah. and we
2: were freezing there's like tumbleweeds <laughs> going across Yeah, but luckily, by the time we left, uh, the weather was back to its normal self, so we did get to kind of enjoy uh, Friday night in in South Beach, so that was fun.
1: Even the beach, seeing that for the first time, uh, walking down the strip, basically seeing Versace's house, which I thought was really cool, and then getting uh, our—luckily, we got to actually see the spot, too, where Bad um, uh, Boys—the first one was filmed. Yeah, the 360
2: shot (laughs) around— martin tried, Lawrence and will smith
1: try to take a photo of, of kind of like capturing that moment again how
2: yeah. do you think it turned out myron uh, not too good <laughs> so will basically had me pose like will smith um the way he looked in that shot I where he stands no, up kidding. and then you know michael bay has the 360 camera going around and uh let's just say it didn't work out too good <laughs>
1: hey you know what it was great i thought it was great in the end it
2: was fun it was yeah, really cool it was a good trip
1: i thank you for that Myron. of course for, uh, it was fun Giving me that experience.
2: So looking forward to future episodes. Um, Next week, we will be having our first annual Academy Awards episode. We mentioned it briefly on the last podcast. Basically, um, a group of our listeners, they're going to be the Podfellas Academy of Voters. And basically, it's going to be up to them to choose who they want to win the major awards so, we sent out a questionnaire. We've been getting some good responses. And if any of you would like to participate, it's open. Just go ahead and email us at the Podcast at gmail.com if you want to participate. Voting will close, though, in the middle of next week, February 5th. So, uh, for those of you who have yet to vote, make sure you go ahead and submit your uh, entries. And for those that want to participate, do so as quickly as possible because the deadline is fast approaching. This should be do really, it. really fun. Have yeah.
1: fun. This is all just for fun, you know, and I think it's just awesome to have fellow other, you know, in like moviegoers just to be a part of something that obviously um, most of us don't really get to be a part of, which is the yeah. Academy. <laughs> yeah, so
2: it should be fun. Mm-hmm. I'm already looking at some of the, the results coming in and it's exciting. A few surprises, but really? we won't reveal that till the, till the actual show. So after Academy Awards episode, we will be reviewing... Birds of Prey, which is coming out the first Friday of February. And then we're going to be taking a look at our favorite moments from the DCEU, aka the DC Extended Universe, and also the worst moments from the DC Extended Universe. Now, I think, <laughs> so I want to tell you this, Will. I think our favorite moments, if we allowed it to be included, would all come from the Dark Knight trilogy. So that movie is exempt. It's We can't pick from it.
1: I I not you know yeah you know, I'm totally fine with that because I, I honestly believe as much as I know there are more <laughs> worst moments from the DC universe as as their reputation kind of precedes them with the films that they've com, come out with I honestly think that there are a handful a good great amount of DC films and moments that that I enjoy so I, I get it like yes yeah, The Dark Knight you cannot go wrong with Nolan's um his trilogy and whatnot but trust me you got i i think shazam was great i thought um joker was great i thought um even i thought uh superman uh man of steel that you know was great like i think there's there's yeah. other films out there i know yeah. like i i really did like. good
2: point wonder woman was great wonder woman yeah.
1: yes okay so there's not it's not yeah, that all bad yeah there's some good stuff
2: good so. point good point no. all right so i also just had the chance to talk to steve he is up at park city utah right now enjoying the festivities at the sundance film festival uh, he's attending bastard. i know right he's Ugh. attending panels watching lots of movies that no one else has had the chance to see yet so i want to go ahead and play you our conversation oh, on the line with me steve o cheng you know him well from uh, many of the episodes that he's helped to co-host he is up in park city utah at the sundance film festival for, the, for those that aren't familiar with sundance for two weeks every january the center of the film universe shifts from hollywood to park city utah The festival was started by Robert Redford, and it actively advances the work of independent storytellers in film and in theater. This year, 143 feature films opened at the festival with the intent of seeking a distribution partner. A lot of great films, lots of opportunities to uh, um, sit in on panels and even attend parties. So, uh, uh, Steve-O, I just wanted to kind of get a lay of the land and just ask you how it's been out there.
3: Yo, it's been pretty cool. Um, This is the first time I've done this festival all the way through. Um, I've, the first time I went was like, I don't know, 2012 or something like that. I did like just the second weekend, just drove up, like middle of the night to try to check out what it was all about. Mm-hmm. And then last year I did the opening weekend for the first time. Right. And um, I thought if I'm going to do a festival all the way through, it would be this one. Mm-hmm. And so this is the first time I've done it all the way through. And mm-hmm. so um, part of the me wanting to come back here was to, uh, just to see what the programmers were um, programming in terms of the types of films that they were looking for. Mm-hmm. and I thought it was just really eye-opening to see uh, what they saw in my film um, in terms of what they were programming.
2: What are some of the more buzzed about films that are, that are opening? Uh, what have you heard about it? Uh, what's kind of uh, been popular? What's everyone talking about up there?
3: Right, so um, I think that uh, there definitely is some buzz on some films more than others. Um, Zola being one of them. Um, Bad Hair, uh, Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always, Minari. But what's interesting is that, from what I'm hearing is that the uh, the buzz factor wasn't as big this year as it had been in previous years, mm. mainly because it seems like um, a lot of the streamers buy up these movies before they even hit the theater. hit hit the festival circuit. Mm. So by the time you watch the films at Sundance, a lot of them already have the Netflix or
2: Hulu logos up Oh, them. gotcha, Gotcha. So a lot of the films that you're seeing already have distribution deals in place is is what you're saying?
3: Yes, they've already been picked up, yeah. And so very few of them really even, you know, were up for sale, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Except for a lot of the smaller, obscure ones, maybe some of the more foreign ones, Mm -hmm. uh, foreign films. Those still, I think, are looking for a place. But yeah, like all the buzz films have already been swooped up. (laughs) Gotcha.
2: So like I know there's been quite a bit of talk about uh, Zola, which I believe the premise of that started from a Twitter post. Um, and also I've heard a lot of good things about Minari from yourself as well as others um, mm-hmm. is, So what's the word out are these films gonna be I, I mean in the past I know that there have been some huge breakouts from Sundance We look at like a little bit of sunshine which came out of Sundance uh, had a massive distribution deal and ended up becoming nominated for an Academy Award. Is there any sort of film that you've seen or have you heard any rumblings about a Film of that quality that might be in the running for an award next year?
3: Um, it's it's really hard to say because like the festival has changed since Little Miss mm. Sunshine, you know? Sure. I think um, since uh, the Harvey Weinstein thing and um, the Me Too movement, uh-huh. uh, oh, the yeah. idea of inclusivity has been a huge deal for the film festival. Got it. And um, they've been trying to um, bring the, uh, the gender gap, they're trying to close it in the past few years with the mm-hmm. new direction from um, I think the programming heads. Mm-hmm. And so this year there were a lot more female driven films. Um, I think that uh, some... I don't know what the specific numbers were, but uh, they, they were really close to bridging that gender gap. Something like Got it. just under fifty percent were uh, female-directed films. Yeah, in- interesting. And so, but I think that uh, in terms of um, award-winning type of film, like uh, the you know the Oscars race and stuff, it's it's kind of difficult to say. You mm-hmm. know, um, last year I felt like The Farewell was one of the strongest contenders right out of the gate. Sure. And and then this year it. There was no film to me that I had seen anyway that really stood out in that way. Like gotcha. Zola was really cool. It's about um, a pole dancer who gets tricked into traveling to Florida with a new friend to work the Florida nightclub circuit.
2: Hmm.
3: But then uh, she finds herself in, trapped in the sex trafficking ring. So it's this crazy wild night. Wow. And so and it's all based on a, a real a reddit discussion or Twitter discussion. And um it was really interesting because like the the style and uh, the way that the director approached it, was so fresh and new given the dark subject matter you know
2: gotcha but at the same
3: time uh it feels really niche and dark compared to what type of films actually do well in the oscars if that
2: makes any sense sure totally it's not something yeah. very mainstream not the type of Oscar right right
3: and movie. i just want to give a shout out to joy mcmillian who went to florida state Mm-hmm. Uh, I never met her personally, but apparently she, we went to film school together. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> and uh, nice. I wouldn't be surprised if she got nominated for you know editing on this one because it
2: was really uh, eye popping and fresh. That's great. Is that the best film that you've seen at the festival, or is there any others that, that were better in your opinion?
3: Well, it's it's so tricky because um, these Sundance films feel a lot different than you know Oscar bait films. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they're, they come from a very unique perspective, and um, the style is like across the board. You know, mm. and so it's it's hard to say that, especially in this environment where you're at Sundance, mm-hmm. where um, you're not competing against the huge Oscar-type movies because these are all really small films.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: But I will say that some stood out more to me than others. Um, gotcha. One of my favorites was uh, Jumbo, mm. which is a French film, and it's about a um, it's, it follows a French woman who falls in love with an amusement park ride. And so when you hear the premise. It sounds kind of absurd, like how does that even work? Like what, mm-hmm. fa- she falls in love, love with a merry-go-round? Mm-hmm. But uh, it's actually like a, a, what is it called? A, a twirl whirl or something like that? It's the one where um, <clears throat> it's got a huge arm and uh, each finger is like, you know, the chairs and it spins and it rotates up and down. And it was interesting because uh, the way that they approached it, the, the amusement park ride felt like, you know, almost like an anime mech kind of, kind of robot thing. That has a soul of its own, Wow. and so um, they they had a lot of lighting and, and musical vibes that are similar to like Stranger Things, interesting, and um, just the the visuals of you know this uh, woman standing before this huge gigantic mechanical beast in a way.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, that that's the vibe I got off of it, like a you know mechanical Beauty and the Beast type of type of story.
2: Interesting, I but it was
3: more you know in a small town, it's a smaller story, kind of like Lars and the Real Girl. Oh yeah yeah yeah. That's yeah, so those, that's the the vibes that I got from the okay. film. Okay. Oh, and,
2: so the tone—it's not like creepy or eerie, but rather just kind of very lighthearted and kind of romantic. Yes. Interesting. Yeah,
3: and, and sometimes like very zany, you know. Um, yeah. The char- it was a character piece in a way. A lot of these characters really stood out. That's great.
2: Um, yeah. I know that uh you've been posting quite a bit on uh Instagram uh, giving me yeah. a serious case of FOMO seeing all the fun that you're having. Um, <laughs> what else have you done? I mean, I know you said you went to a party and you've been to some panels. Uh what sticks out? Like, you know, are there any panels that kind of really uh ha- had an effect on you creatively and uh what were the parties like?
3: Yeah, so um in terms of the panels, um I've only I only, only went to uh, like four or five of them. The okay. uh, one that I was had a high hopes for was a panel about TV writing. Um, There was a showrunner for Justified who tried to show us what um, a writing room would look like. Mm -hmm. And so that was very eye-opening, but it gave me a lot of vibes of a lot of different types of creative brainstorming rooms, if you will. Mm -hmm. Like, I work in advertising a lot, and it it reminded me a lot of that same kind of process. Just Mm spitballing ideas, like there's a whiteboard, just jotting down ideas. and So I thought that was a really cool, um, insightful panel. Mm. And then um, beyond that, like, um, I always loved the, uh, the director um, the director interviews.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: One of the films I really enjoyed was uh, Never Rarely, Sometimes Always. Um, mm-hmm. This was produced by uh, Postel, which is Adele Romansky and um, Barry Jenkins' production company.
2: Mm.
3: And so the director, Eliza Hittman, um, she directed this uh, abortion tourism film mm-hmm. about a couple teens from, um, like, uh, in, in rural America, uh, trying to find their way to New York City to get the the type of uh, care that they're looking for. Mm-hmm. And um, it just showed, like, the, you know, the earnestness and uh, the tension and the vulnerability of these characters, these young teen women, as mm-hmm. you're trying to find, you know, um, help that uh, their state or their community can't provide them because, one, they were misinformed. Two, um, their, techn- their equipment just isn't up to date. And so it gave them, like, False readings and stuff like that. Regardless of what your viewpoint on it is, I just thought that it was really interesting to see um, the pers- the the danger and the journey that women across the world travel—not just you know in the U.S. but all across the world—to find the care that they need to find.
2: That sounds very very. Politically charged and depressing, <laughs> but yeah, at the you same would think time, that. But it was a very, a very relevant um, and very necessary movie.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely a, a conversation starter, you know. Mm-hmm. And I hope it doesn't, you know, lead into like a political debate per se. Mm-hmm. But uh, what I what I did enjoy about it was the the way that the, that Eliza approached it. You could see how this fits in with um, Pastel, um, their type of pictures. that felt very much reminiscent of like Moonlight and a lot of the Mumblecore type films where. There's mm-hmm. not so much like talking, chatting back and forth, but it was a lot of like introspective look to it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, mm-hmm. you're with the characters, and there's these tight close-ups, and it's uh, it's very like um, poetic and ethereal feeling, mm-hmm. and, uh, given the subject matter. You know, and there's still that magical feel that you have with youth, with you know teenagers on a, on a road trip, if you will. Mm-hmm. So That's it was kind of like uh, Lost in Translation meets the Style of Moonlight, in a way, which gotcha. is heavy
2: subject matter, gotcha. So it's really interesting the way it was wrapped together. I'm gonna have to check that one out. Yeah, I'm looking at a, a summary of the the film right now, uh, it looks very interesting. Uh, what, what about the parties? Were you like the what, parties? What was like? I ditched yeah. a lot of them, <laughs> <laughs>
3: I ditched a lot of them just to, um, you know, watch a midnight screening or try to. <laughs> There's mm-hmm. lots of lines, yeah. Uh, I did end up going to a BET party, um, I got invited to. A special screening of 20s, which is Lena Waites' new show on BET, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a great show. It's about um, you know black women in Hollywood trying to make their way, and the main character is, um, I think she's, uh, gay LGBTQ, and she's trying to um, work for uh, a major, uh, like, a black producer writer hero of hers. Mm-hmm. But that writer hero of hers is her show is kind of. More on the I guess the, the tame side of things, and mm-hmm. the main character wants to really inject her voice and find her voice mm-hmm. so it's like a you know a journey of discovery for these these characters interesting and so it's great to see like I don't know if you've been to Sinespia, but they mentioned Sinespia, which is like outdoor uh, movie going experiences during the summer
2: mm-hmm.
3: and so um, they'll play old movies and there's a line where they joked about like why are we the only three black women in in these things and it was kind of funny mm. to kind of see that kind of blend of culture and, you know, um, perspectives. And so, and then after that, uh, the party, it was pretty cool. Like, you know, they, they took over the, uh, the nightclub in town. I think it's the only one, I don't know, it's the biggest one. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the, the talent were there, Lena Waithe was there, and uh, it was a very LGBTQ uh, brown, crowd, brown, black crowd. It was, it was really diverse and inclusive, and uh, it didn't feel like the type of parties that I thought it would feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, I ditched a bunch of UTA parties, but mm-hmm. that's because the house was really far away. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, I've heard a lot of people in line talk about that too. That they just didn't go because it just felt like it's way out, of, too way out of, out of nowhere. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Gotcha. So I'm seeing here that uh, uh, Minari actually won the uh, Grand Jury Prize. Yeah. So, so I'm really hoping to uh, to see that soon. Um, yeah,
3: same here. And I'm sure it's going to get picked up, or if it hasn't already, because. Mm. Um, I feel like most of the films that do win the awards, like, people want to see it.
2: Hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. And uh, let's see, I know you're leaving tomorrow. Any other plans? Any last minute things you're going to do out there before coming back?
3: Yeah, there's um, something called Film Church, which is like a panel that they do every year at the very end with the uh-huh. uh, head of programming and the, the festival director. Uh-huh. And this is John Cooper's last Sundance Film Festival. Oh. He's been doing it for many, many, many years. Wow. And uh, I've been, I, I'm just hoping to like, see what that's all about. I've never been able to go to one of these. Mm-hmm. And so I've always heard good things about it. So I'm really curious to see what this is.
2: <laughs> that's great. Well, hey, uh, thank you so much for your time. I know it's been uh, crazy busy for you and uh, just dealing with the time change, trying to make this work to get on the line together. Hopefully next year you and I uh, will both have something, at least a short film in the, uh, in the program. I think that would be fantastic to go. That'd be amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah, as, as filmmakers. Uh, I, and even if uh, we don't, I still really want to, make my way out there at some point. Definitely a bucket list item for me. So Definitely. It's
3: like it's such a huge eye, op- eye opener. Yeah. You know, once yeah. you get the vibe and see how things work,
2: it's it's mm-hmm. so cool. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for your time and uh, I think we'll be talking to you soon, sooner rather than later and uh, travel back yeah. safely.
3: All right, thanks, Martin. Thanks for Thank uh, recording this podcast.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: No. Oh. Come on, man. You can get that buffed out. No, you can get that buffed out.
3: Remember, knock and talk. Yeah, knock, knock. <laughs> Mighty PD, get down! What the hell happened to knock and talk? Hands behind your head, right now. I got this. I'm gonna penetrate this man's soul with my heart. What? Watch and learn. Sir, I realize that you're scared. You know, sometimes <laughs> fear. How
0: deep you think you got in his soul?
3: I'm done, Mike. I'm a bit tired. Uh-oh. Here we go again. You want your legacy to be muscle shirts and body counts?
0: Look at this mess. It's carnage. I didn't do all this. You didn't shoot anybody?
1: Well, come on, Captain. You know I shot some people. Yeah. What you want? What you want? What you gonna do?
2: Old school cops Mike Lowry and Marcus Burnett team up with Ammo, a division of the Miami Police Department, to take down the vicious Armando Aretas, the leader of a Miami drug cartel. Now, we saw this together right before we went to Miami, and uh, I think we were both pleasantly surprised. Why don't you go ahead and uh, give us your review of the film, Well,
1: Well, okay, so... I mean, what I loved about it was the nostalgia and the same old chemistry between Will and Martin, you know, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. but it, it, it evolved into a relationship that we yeah. see deeper into, which is great. Yeah. Um, the story, as as the other previous bad boys films, were simple, but it still had that classic action packed bad boys intensity that we all love from the get go. Um What's new, though, is that the rest of the ensemble cast I thought was great. Yeah. Surprisingly, just the chemistry also is with them, especially the new generation of the police force called Ammo. Uh, I especially enjoy the competitive tension between Will Smith's character and Charles Mm -hmm. Melton's character as a look of like in with the new and out with the old. But Will Smith is not having it. So it's kind of like, you know, we're not, you're not going to get rid of this old generation. It's still going to be here forever because I'm Will Smith, you know, I'm Mike Lowry.
2: Yeah, I thought, I thought they really needed that ammo, um, like storyline, because if it was just Will and Martin again, I think it could have gotten maybe a little old. But to inject some new energy with these uh, hotshot new young cops that, you know, do their job very differently than the old school and also seeing how like Will and Martin interacts with, the, with these new school cops, I think that kind of really added a different layer.
1: Yeah, I, con- I completely agree. I think it, it was just the right balance to, to not make it feel redundant and, and completely just uh, keep the momentum going in Hmm. that sense so yeah that i mean that's so that that's what i liked um what i didn't like and Mm -hmm. it wasn't so much of like it's 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 a huge thing whatever i just obviously thought that it lacked that michael bay flair but Mm -hmm. that's kind of to be expected so let me ask
2: you what is that michael bay flair if you had to describe it or define it
1: i really (laughs) i really was kind of hoping for as cheesy as it may sound the classic michael bay camera 360 turn mm. again <laughs> just yeah. just because it, it you can't go wrong with that i guess i just i feel like if for an action-packed film like even when you did in transformers and the bad boys like it's just you can't go wrong with it i just think that it's such a just a little signature even though i know he didn't direct it it would have been good like homage or just like just uh just that kind of you know hey you know like michael bay started this kind of thing you know mm-hmm. uh and so that was basically really it um, I mean, I I can't really see anything else else I disliked about it because this is a film that is just a fun roller coaster, mm-hmm. and and you can't take it so seriously, you know. What yeah. I mean? If we were taking didn't...
2: it seriously, we would have to ask the question: How the hell is Martin Lawrence? <laughs> <laughs> how is his character a cop? <laughs> <Yeah>. You know.
1: <laughs> you look at Martin Lawrence. I was like, no, I I. I can't, I can't imagine a guy like Martin Lawrence kind of doing that kind of stuff. But the fact is, is that, like I said, this is a fun roller coaster. And so I accept it kind of thing because it's, it's that kind of kind of action-packed comedy duo kind of thing, I guess, for me. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Yeah. I don't know. Um, the thing that I would say that surprised me about this film is that every Bad Boys film actually held up being actually good, especially as sequels. Like like the first Bad Boys, I I liked, I,
2: I thoroughly enjoyed, it was fun. Second Bad Boys, same thing. Why I think this movie did so well and why I think it's kind of experiencing a resurgence is it's kind of, um, I think, borrowing from the whole Fast and the Furious idea. Like you grew up with these characters, you watch them on home video, there's now a following, everyone knows about Bad Boys and you know it's what made Will Smith famous. So And I think there's a level of nostalgia. I think you mentioned that as well um, earlier in your review. There's that, oh, these are the guys that I grew up with. Um, So we get to watch them again. And, you know, there's just so many call outs. I mean, Bad Boys is, to me, like um, maybe the more uh, hipper version of like Lethal Weapon. You know, Mm. the family man that's trying to retire, that's saying I'm too old. And then the edgier kind of crazy cop um, that's willing to take risks. So I feel like all of these themes is, is just kind of... Um, you know, added up to maybe lightning in a bottle. I guess one could say because, like, I think you're the one that told me also that they 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 they've greenlit another sequel, right?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, so
1: my favorite moments uh, in the film were the motorcycle chase scene. It was so fun to watch, especially with a Gatling gun attached to the sidecar. I mean, like, is it, like that that chasing was so absurd, but then again, it's just. That that's just the ride, you know. That's the that's the fun part about it, as well as the moment when Marcus says to Mike, you know, one last ride, right? That that classic quote, one last ride, and they give him knuckles. That that was more of a sentimental moment mm. that I enjoyed. Yeah. So
2: it's so cheesy that line, but it just played so well. You're like, yeah, one last ride, you know, it's in the theater. It's
1: cheesy, but like, man, when you hear it, yeah. it doesn't it? It's yeah. like they, they, they pull it off.
2: I mean, so I, rem- I remember sneaking in to watch the first movie. I snuck into a theater because I wasn't uh, 17 yet. and I think I was 15, you know? So that whole, you know, that chemistry, the camaraderie between those two, I mean, we've seen it for what now? Um, 25 years, right? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I-, I feel like after 25 years, a line like that, even though it's cheesy, it's earned. It's like, okay, yeah, they have, they could say that. I'm not going to roll my eyes because, you know, they were my childhood. So I thought that and, was a cool line.
1: And just... The, the the thought of wow Will Smith and Martin Lawrence you know what i mean like two two actors that that who would who would have known to have that kind of chemistry i mean in a sitcom chemistry sure yeah. but in a in an action pack role chemistry no, no i never would have thought
2: so mm-hmm. they did great yeah so overall i really did enjoy this movie i think that it is by far the best bad boys movie out of the 3 I mean, I actually appreciate Michael Bay as a director, um, but I have to honestly say that as far as Bad Boys 1 and 2, there just was not a lot of substance there. And not to say that, you know, there is a lot of substance here, but I really feel as though all of the the backstory and the history that we have with the characters, it's really starting to pay off here. There's, of course, great chemistry between the two leads, between Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. But to be quite honest, um, in the past movies, it almost seemed like the the two characters, Marcus and um, Michael, is that who they there?
1: Marcus and Mike? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So in the past two movies, it literally, in the past two movies, it seemed like Marcus and Mike didn't even like each other, which seemed a little bit weird they were always kind of at odds but here uh, in this film you know with with a few key scenes we see that friendship that bond that they have that that's developed over time and it's far more believable here i I, i'm just happy that they took the time to actually slow down and let them talk and develop that relationship because in the first two movies it just didn't seem like they took the time to do that um i like it
1: came through really clearly because Literally because of their age. I mean, yeah. these guys are in their like seasoned
2: like veterans. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So they're old. Yeah. Well, I mean, not old, old, but old.
2: Yeah. There's a running gag that uh, Will Smith's character Mike has to uh, dye his goatee because there's gray hair in it. You know. <laughs> so yeah, there's a great senior too that revolves around that notion. Um, yes, it does. Uh, I also really uh, like the mix of new supporting characters and the energy they brought. Um, you know, oh, they, yeah. they're and we're talking about the the ammo team and uh, Vanessa Hudgens is one of them. I Especially like Alexander Ludwig, who we saw in Lone Survivor and also in Hunger Games. He is just like jacked in this movie. He's, he's like right. this monster of a man who is the guy that would prefer to stay in the van and be the computer dude. So I was I thought, actually impressed. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That was an interesting take, and then of course at the end of the movie when he you know goes ham, it's, that was pretty satisfying to see him show what he can do. Uh, I also thought the villain played by uh, Jacob Scipio had a great presence and charisma. Uh, he was definitely a great foil for Will Smith in a lot of ways. He seemed like the younger Will Smith. The Action scenes were great uh, as expected from a bad boys movie way over the top. You're laughing. You're, uh, you know, pumped up. You're at the edge of your seat, but it, I have to agree with you. It kind of lacked that Michael Bay feel. Um, He just has a way of shooting things. um, And just it all comes together with his appropriate camera angles. And, you know, whenever he shoots them at magic hour and, and the sunlight is perfect and just that whole Michael Bay look with the saturated skin tones, I feel like it was missing a bit. And that's for the better and for the worse, I guess you could say in the action scenes. I think it was definitely for the worse, but they are, of course, still very, very entertaining. What I didn't like, uh, there are a few plot twists in the film. I'd have to say we're not going to give them away, but they felt a bit forced. Uh, they tried to take it, they tried to make the movie uh, a more of, I would say, uh, Mike's personal story and connect elements that we're seeing to his past. Um, I think they really strained and tried really hard to make that work, and for me, it didn't really totally get the job done however the movie during this time is moving so quickly and it's getting onto the next scene that it's kind of one of those things where it's like well everything i saw so far is, has been great so i'm just going to shrug my shoulders and just go with it a uh, favorite moment is for me at the beginning there is a huge it's not even a car chase scene but it's basically marcus and mike um speeding down speeding through the streets of miami in uh mike's porsche and there's even a scene where they're literally on South Beach driving on the sand. And uh, we don't know where they're headed. And then when we find the destination, um, you know, we find that that has not, absolutely nothing to do with police work. But rather, it's a little uh, funny little family scene that, that evolves from that entire opening car chase. Or I would say car driving scene. Um,
1: that, that, do you think that was kind of a Michael Bay moment?
2: You, you mean the car chase leading up to something... Something Funny.
1: completely like yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Unexpected.
2: I, I, yeah, I think a little bit. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, we did say the action scenes are lacking, but I will say that I really enjoyed um, some of the camera work in the final fight scene. Uh, at one moment, I think you uh, tell me if you can recall this. There's a scene where the camera is moving in one direction and then it seems to rotate onto its side and start moving in a completely different direction as it follows the the, the people in the scene. Do you remember, do you, do you remember that scene?
1: Mm i think so i think i remember what you're talking about but i can't visualize it right now in my head like yeah the final scene okay yeah so okay. so
2: what what happened was uh, you know we're moving through um this collapsing building and as the room is collapsing the camera moves onto its side and in order for us to see the scene properly the camera is literally moving in a completely different direction 90 degrees yeah, 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 yeah. to the now way it was moving before yeah yes 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 that was yes, really yes. cool
1: that that felt very that felt to me like michael bay ish
2: what surprised me about the movie is that it was actually good so generally speaking if you have a sequel to movies that weren't reviewed well and if it's releasing in january january is usually the graveyard for movies where studios are going to drop films that they know aren't really that good like do little but yeah yeah. not to name names but like do little but so to see Yeah, but to see a sequel to a bunch of movies that weren't thought of very highly in critics' eyes and to see it really loved by the critics and also by the fans in January, it's really surprising. Uh, I knew I would laugh, but I didn't realize that there would be still some life left in those old bones. Oh, there is just one more thing that I'd like to say is in Bad Boys 1 and 2, these characters pretty much seemed invincible, almost as if bullets would just bounce right off them there's a line in this movie where you know they call mike will smith's character bulletproof mike Um, but what i really enjoyed and would also surprise me is that they kind of stripped that away in this film and really put these characters in danger in a way that we haven't seen before. And so their mortality becomes far more real. And we do actually get the sense that uh, Mike and Marcus are in jeopardy. So I felt that as though that was really needed for this movie to succeed. And it, and I think uh, in that sense it largely does. So enjoyed it very much. In terms of my final review, I give it 3.5 out of 5 stars. 3.5 is, I believe, what I gave 1917. So... <laughs> Just that that goes to show how much that I actually still, enjoyed this movie.
1: That's That still stings, though, for me, for you Sorry, to say Sarah.
2: that. Yeah, I know. Jeez. I know a movie you're voting for as Best Picture in our Academy Awards poll, Will.
1: No, you, you don't know me, okay? I, don't hey, assume. Maybe. But you're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as for me, I, I give it a 3 out of 5. Okay. So.
2: Good deal. Yeah? All right. So we're going to go on a quick break. wait. All right. That was our review of Bad Boys for Life. We're going to go on a quick break, and then we'll come back and take a look at our favorite Michael Bay moments. Stay tuned.
1: Can I help you?
0: Why, yes. Yes, you can. I'm here to report a terrible crime.
1: And what terrible crime is that? This
0: one. Ah oh, shit. I told this all wrong. Quick history lesson. This all started when the Joker and I broke up. It was completely mutual, and soon enough, I was back on my feet, ready to embrace the fierce goddess within. It's oh so oh. quiet. Now that I cut ties with Mr. J, I'm about to learn that a lot of people You're want me dead. All alone. And at the top of that list Shh. is this guy. So peaceful. Um... But it turns out. <laughs> that wasn't the only Damon Gotham looking for emancipation. You fall in love! <laughs> He's after all of us. Sky the kid just robbed him. You betrayed and him. And you killed his BFF. <laughs> <sighs> what? You are so cool. You never. And you're dumb enough to be building a case against him. <laughs> So, unless we all want to die start. very unpleasant death, we're going to have to work together.
2: All right. We are back. That was a look at the trailer for Birds of Prey, directed by Kathy Yan. That will be our next review following our Academy Awards episode. So, Michael Bay, when you think, let's, let's do some word association here. When you think of Michael Bay, what words come to mind? Go.
1: Explosions.
2: Ah, what else?
1: Oh, I thought we were going to go back and forth. Oh. <laughs> Your turn. Explosions. What is yours? Funny. Um, absurdity. Confusion. Blockbuster.
2: Uh, that was Word Association with Myron and Will. Moving on into uh, our discussion on Michael Bay. Before we discuss our top five favorite Michael Bay moments, I thought it would be good to kind of take a look back at his uh, history. Uh, he graduated from Pasadena Art Center and started directing commercials. He actually won a couple of Clio awards, and then, as the legend goes, Jerry Bruckheimer discovered him and had him direct Bad Boys, which went on to be become a huge hit and also launched the movie career of Will Smith. That movie started a relationship that lasted several years. Uh, Michael Bay went on to direct such films as The Rock, Pearl Harbor, Bad Boys Two as well as others, he has developed a certain reputation among critics. Looking at the Rotten Tomatoes reviews from the films that he's directed, it, they, yeah, oof, they have an Eesh. average score of 37%. Oh, Eesh. And only one of his movies was certified fresh and actually liked. And that's just barely. As you guys know, 60% will get you certified fresh. Only one of his movies actually <laughs> topped that. And that was The Rock. It's a little bit shocking, actually. Transformers is right on the border there at 58%. I mean, say what you will about Rotten Tomatoes. The truth of the matter is, if you got like 300 critics that all just barely gave a positive review of a movie, it would still get 100%, you know?
1: It's just, man, these these ratings are brutal. They
2: are brutal. My goodness. And I think some of these are highly underrated. Um, Transformers didn't even get 60%. Pain and Gain, which I really enjoyed, um, you know, was at a fifty percent. And of course, there are a few other movies that I thought were overrated. Uh, Transformers: The Last Night got a fifteen percent. I think it should have had more, like a like a five percent. That movie was just awful. <laughs>
1: <I> <laughs> so mean, let me ask you this: but Then again, it's yeah. Transformers, though. Yeah. Like, you, it's a freaking cartoon about cars turning into robots you know yeah i mean you can't take that seriously well they did goodness. in
2: transformers part one did you like transformers one i, I loved did it. i yeah. enjoyed it it was great so looking know. at these films um have you seen all of these films have you seen every film that michael bay has directed and what are some of your favorites
1: Funny enough, I've actually seen the, the majority of his films, crazy enough. I, I, I didn't realize, like, wow, yeah. I, I so, I, I've i seen most of these. Does that make me a fan? I don't know. It's but. one of
2: those things where it's like, um, oh, that new Michael Bay movie's out. I'm probably not going to like it, but I'm still going to pay to see it because I know at least I'll have a good time for part of it, you know?
1: <laughs> now, 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 funny enough, though, is that... There are certain films where I didn't even realize it was a Michael Bay film. It was just one of those, oh, man, it's Transformers, you know? But obviously, you, people would know that that's Michael Bay, but that's, that's one. But like Pearl Harbor, right? It was like, oh, I just love war films. And, yeah. And I watched it, and I was like, I enjoyed
2: it. Yeah, I liked it, too. I had no idea it got a 24%. That's pretty, uh, yeah. it's pretty harsh.
1: It, it, that's like, yeah, these, these are harsh ratings for sure.
2: You know, the funny thing is I feel like Pearl Harbor was Michael Bay's attempt at becoming like a legitimate director taken seriously. And a then serious after, director. and then after that didn't work out, you know, I felt <laughs> like he said, you know what, to hell with it. I'm just going to, and he said, he said as much, he said, I make movies for teenage boys. There's nothing wrong with that though. And yeah. It's like he knows his audience, and he's going to make movies that cater to that audience. As much as critics don't like him, I think he still will have no problems getting a film made just because of his track record. If
1: you watch some of Michael Bay's BTS see, uh, scenes of of him working, right, yeah. it he legitimately looks like he's having the time of his yeah. life. Like he, he looks like one of those directors where like he he is in he's just loving what he's doing. Yeah,
2: I remember this this review of transformers 2: revenge of the fallen uh, this person said watching this movie is like watching paint dry while being hit over the head repeatedly with a frying pan
1: oh jeez!
2: i know right you're like ouch but then transformers revenge of the fallen was pretty bad and it kind of felt that as though that was an accurate depiction of what was happening because <laughs> nothing was really happening and you're getting bludgeoned over the head with loud sounds and just like flashing images and you're just you're just like what what am i even looking at right now and you know what else i want to kind of talk about is his movies are surprisingly really funny like some of the funniest moments i've seen in film were in his movies and i think mm. this is going to come up in our list of our favorite michael bay moments uh oh, and I, you I just I, reminded yeah.
1: me another yeah i i, I the, filling it out yeah you did you said you, you like pro harbor
2: movie. um one of my favorite scenes in that movie, it's going to be an honorable mention for one of my, uh, for my top five Michael Bay moments, but it's the scene where Ben Affleck is trying to pop a pop champagne open the, bottle yep, open in yep. front of the, uh, the hospital and he hits himself he in the nose. So, so damn funny. Transformers part one, really, really, really funny. Shia is hilarious in that movie.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yep. He does yeah. have really good moments and really good funny parts for sure. Yeah. As, oh, and obviously, it is part of both of ours, I believe, our top five. But yeah, Bad Boys 2, Reggie. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. We'll talk a little nice. bit more about yeah, that, that later. That was just great. Oh my
2: gosh. <laughs> so, all right, Will, you go first. What is your number five moment?
1: My number five is The Rock, the scene where Sean Connery rolling into a fiery furnace to infiltrate and unlock the door with the awesome line. I don't know why he gave me chills, but it was just so cool when he did it. Was when he said, Welcome to The Rock. And I think it's just because of Sean Connery's voice being yeah. that the former James Bond that he was. Yeah. And just, you know, still suave and, and whatnot. I love that moment. Uh, I, it was just awesome. I love that moment.
0: Welcome to The Rock.
2: You know, he was such a badass in that movie. I really hope we see him in movies again. Apparently he said he's retired But I'm really hoping someone convinces him to change his mind. But do you want
1: him to be bookish or a badass?
2: Whatever. I just want to see him (laughs) in camera again. As long as he doesn't make The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen Part 2, I'll see him in anything.
1: (laughs) Uh, We don't talk about that film. Uh, I'm kidding. What is your number five?
2: My number five film is also from The Rock. It is the Ferrari Hummer Chase scene. If mm. you recall, this is that moment where uh, Sean Connery is at the Fairmont Hotel. He's getting a shave, or a haircut, Sean and the feel of a shoot. A
1: shave. Mm.
2: At, that at was the, actually impressive. The Whoa, what the heck? Yeah. What is this? Who are you? <laughs>
0: I'm only
2: borrowing your humvee. I just love the scene. It's so bonkers and over the top, and it takes place in San Francisco, where you know the the, the roads are all hilly. It's it was just great. And then we see, um, you know, the whole reason why um, he was trying to escape is so that he can go try to find his daughter, yeah. whom he hasn't seen in a very long time. So I thought that was a little touching, a little bit touching.
1: Nice, nice. Yep.
2: Yeah. What's your number four moment?
1: my number four moment is bad boys 2 when reggie meets marcus and mike for the first time reggie is
2: the boy (laughs) that marcus's daughter is going out on a date with
0: we getting old mike one of them young punks coming to take my baby out on the first date
3: who the fuck are you i'm mr bennett i'm reggie what you doing here Can came to take out Megan. what I came to take out Megan. How old are you? I'm 15 minutes of minute. Motherfucker, you look 30. Show me some ID. I don't have no me. You don't have no idea. Get your ass up against that wall. What the fuck is your problem? You think you know it
0: all? You little young thundercats. You got joints on you? No. You smoke that shit? No, sir. You trying to get my daughter to hide? You smoke oh, that shit? It. Nigga, who that is? It's Reggie!
3: Who the fuck is Reggie? Came to take Megan out. What you want, nigga? Um, to take it who out what's your name reggie well y'all no, heard the motherfucker say your name reggie you want you taking megan out yes, how old are you 15. shit nigga you at least 30.
2: it's like they're in the middle of doing these the serious police work and they yeah. get a, a, a ring at the doorbell. oh wait let's go harass this young boy let's forget all about everything going on and let's and go the
1: fact the fact is it was a complete 180 though because you didn't even expect that to happen yeah it was just like what the heck and then you realize oh my gosh he is being such a dad right now so freaking funny i loved it
2: he was being a hashtag girl dad yes
1: yes all right you're number four
2: my number four is from transformers the first reveal of optimus prime
0: Are you Samuel James Whitwicky, descendant of Archibald Witwicky? Yeah. My name is Optimus Prime. We are autonomous robotic organisms from the
2: planet Cybertron. Essentially, the first half of the movie, we see little bits of robots here and there, but there's this big buildup because you know it's coming. At some point, we're going to get to see Optimus. And then we see his his truck pull up, and then he starts to transform right in front of Shia LaBeouf. And literally, the transformation takes about maybe ten to fifteen seconds. <laughs> There's like a million parts that are just moving and and it literally goes on and on and on and on. it was it was like a pissing match where all the other robots can transform pretty quick and then we, we're just like watching it whoa and then it's that towards moment, the, yeah,
1: you got you gotta milk that moment
2: and then towards the end of the transformation, as he stands up, you see the wheels, the bigger the big rig wheels that are attached yes. to his legs, they're spinning. And I'm just like, holy cow, who the heck animated this this moment? It's freaking incredible. All right, so what is your number three favorite moment?
1: My next two are a bit sentimental. And even though I know Michael Bay is all about the show and, and the blockbuster, but my number three is actually Pearl Harbor when Rafe tells Danny as he's dying that he can't die because he's going to be a father. And Danny replies saying, no, you are.
0: Hold on. Hold on. Hold on now.
3: You're all right. I'm not. I'm not gonna make it.
0: Oh yes you are. Yes you are. Look at me. I'm so cold. I'm so cold.
1: You're all right. Hey. You ready? Right.
0: Can you do me a favor? What? Well, Can you let someone else write my name on the tombstone? You're not going to die. Look at me. Listen to me. You ain't going to lie. you hear me? Daddy. Daddy, you can't die. You can't die. You know why? Because you're going to be a father.
1: You're going to be a daddy. i was supposed to. And man, I was almost actually in, in tears in that moment, and I was like, "Wow!" And even to add on to that, the moment at the end of the film, if you remember, hmm. when um his when the son is 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 there, and uh, uh, Rafe is like, "Do you want to go uh, and and go for a fly?" Right? It's like, and he named him Danny. No, I was Danny.
2: Like, is, no, no Ben Affleck, right?
1: No, no, Rafe is um, Ben Affleck.
2: Oh, okay, okay, that's right.
1: Yeah. Um, and to add to that, is when at the end, when uh, Rafe and his son, uh, as he's a little bit older, uh, he tells his son, "Do you want to go for a ride?" Like, well, not a little bit older, maybe like maybe three or something like that. But he names the son Danny uh, as a dedication. Hmm. Man, I was like. I you know goosebumps and 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 I thought and it just got me all kind of choked up a little bit I thought that was a very endearing and very sentimental part of the film I, I did like a lot
2: I did enjoy that movie as well uh, overall I really did like Pearl Harbor I thought it was shot incredibly well and in the and the war scenes were awesome um, I, I just felt as though the writer maybe could have done a better job with the love triangle. I thought it really just didn't play well. I remember watching it in the theater on opening day. And it's funny, as I was coming out of the theater, Jerry Bruckheimer was standing outside shaking people's hands
1: oh shoot what yeah. the heck
2: yeah cause uh, you know I went to UCLA so we're in Westwood so that's where all the big premieres are so so you know, cool yeah it's not wow. shocking to see actors or producers there but um, loved the movie just thought it, thought it was really weird how it was handled and how the, the dynamic between Kate Beckinsale and and uh, Ben Affleck and Josh Hartnett. But like I said, some really amazingly beautiful moments. Even little like throwaway scenes where people may not even notice. But there's that first scene where um, Kate Beckinsale is talking to her friends. One of them was played by Jennifer Garner, actually. Yes. Yes. who ended up marrying Ben Affleck, but anyway, whole other story. But, uh, she's telling them a story about this new boy that she's dating. And when she gets off the train, it's all smoky. And then you see Rafe played by Ben Affleck walk through the smoke in uniform. You know, you know that scene will so, so good.
1: Right on. And what is your number three then? right?
2: So I wanted to include an action scene from bad boys Two here. Uh, there were two that really stuck out. Um, And the one I eventually settled on was the car chasing where Marcus and Mike are in a Ferrari and there are the bad guys that are that have commandeered a truck with a bunch of cars as its cargo. And in order to stop uh, the pursuit of the Ferrari, they start basically throwing cars at them.
0: fucking help marcus just shut the fuck up and let me drive
2: let's try that they're throwing cars at us you know it's, <laughs> it's yeah, insane you know <laughs> they're throwing I, I i i don't know but anyway <laughs> you know what see i'm talking about right that well
1: like a grumpy old 60 year old will yeah. smith <laughs> that's throwing cars at us <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah literally there's men on the back of a big rig i don't so this scene is i think defies the laws of physics. It's not actually possible. And of especially course. when the cars are let yeah. loose, yeah. they somehow are tumbling to them at this perfect angle, which is impossible given the speed at which they're traveling and the way the car's coming off the big rig. But who the hell cares? It's a but that's why a we Michael watch it. That's why yeah. we love it. That's why we love it. It just doesn't
1: make sense. We don't like we like things that don't make sense. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, I remember watching this in theater. I was loving it. I was like, holy cow, whoever invented the idea uh, of this happening in a car chase is genius. And they're probably insane as well. But uh, one hell of an action scene there. The, so um, good. yeah, the other one that, uh, didn't make my list is, uh, that scene where Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, they have their backs against the wall. And on the other side of the wall is a, is a group of Haitian criminals. And then, uh, they're ha- trying to talk and they're shooting at each other. And we are literally moving through the wall and rotating around, moving through mm. the wall, rotating around to see what's going on with the bad guys and the good guys. That's so, right. Uh, that's right. That was, that a was really unique as well. Yeah. yeah. All right, so that was my number three. What is your number two?
1: So as I, as I said, uh, another uh, sensitive and, and more of a like uh, endearing scene, it is Armageddon. And it is the scene where Harry has to break the promise to Grace. Houston, we're out of here in T minus three minutes. Daddy?
3: Hi, <laughs> hey, Gracie. Hi, hey, honey. Grace, I know I promised you I was coming home.
0: I, I don't under, understand.
3: <sighs> Looks like I'm gonna have to break that promise.
0: I am... Um, I lied to you, too. When I told you that I didn't want to be like you. Because I am like you. And
1: everything good that I have inside of me, I have from you.
0: I love you so much, Daddy. I'm so proud of you. I'm so scared. I'm so scared. I know it, baby. But there won't be anything to be scared of soon. Gracie, I want you to know AJ
3: saved us. He did. I want you to tell Chick that I couldn't have done it without him. None of it. Take care AJ. <laughs> I wish I could be there to walk you down the aisle. But I'll... I'll look in on you from time to time, okay, honey?
1: I don't know. Maybe I'm just a softie. But I, I, I just, again, as much as other scenes of Armageddon that were awesome like the the, like the moment when the like the second drill armadillo comes in and then you see bruce willis putting his hands up in the air saying yeah like everyone cheering like that Uh ray of hope but you know this this part of like where it was just done for me like man the tone the 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 rhythm like just just the whole flow of it did so well for me, where it definitely gave me goosebumps again. It you know rose the hair off my back and and just that that talk between Harry and Grace, and and just how I connected with that in a sense, you know, so well and oh man, it, yeah. What else can I say? It was just beautiful. It was beautifully done. Hmm. So,
2: you know, if there's one thing I could say about Michael Bay is that he's kind of he's really an on the nose type director. Um what I loved about Armageddon is that he's just so upfront with all the emotion and the shots. It's like, you know, that shot at the end of the movie when the the oil drillers have succeeded, that there's like an American flag flying and there's like kids running around the street corner in slow motion and it's just like, okay, this is all really just very deliberate and just in your face, but I still love it, you know.
1: So, yeah, that was my number two. And uh, what is your number two going for you?
2: My number two is the final fight scene in the first Transformers movie. Um, I believe in the film, the city is called Liberty City. It's a fictitious city. But basically, this is really just an absolute orgy of robot war. It is just... Insane with all of these robots just transforming and fighting and launching missiles at each other, and then you got Optimus Prime and Megatron um you know fighting on top of buildings and then you got Shia LaBeouf running around with the AllSpark. uh it's just amazing.
0: No matter what happens, I'm really glad I got in that
2: car. Stop! Get
3: to the building!
0: Move! the concert.
2: Cover
0: up, fire, fire.
2: of uh, other transformers movies i think the the fight scenes are a little bit confusing and we don't really know what's going on but in this particular transformers action scene everything is extremely clear there's a beginning middle and an end i think my favorite moment in this uh fight scene is when ironhide he is driving down the street and then one of the decepticons launches missiles at him so he transforms jumps up in mid-air spins as to avoid the missiles and then does a somersault over a pretty girl in slow motion as she is screaming her lungs out do you remember the scene (laughs) yeah i do remember that it's just so over the top and just like he had to fit a a pretty girl in there somewhere you know because it's a michael bay movie all right so heading down to our top choices in a michael bay film what is your number one michael bay moment
1: all right number one transformers the reveal of Optimus Prime. So okay. basically going back to your number uh, four, which I was surprised to hear, because I thought, I mean, to me, that was just epic. That The the reveal, like, as you say, with Optimus Prime and, and him basically taking 15 seconds to, 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 to build up and finally reveal him, milking it. Like, for me, I loved, like, that suspense was just enough where I was just like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. And then... There he is, and you're just like, oh, this is so amazing! Just to see Optimus Prime finally like um, being revealed.
2: I love how it was shot too. You really get the size uh, uh, of Optimus Prime because you know it's that low camera angle where the truck pulls right up to Megan Fox and Shia LaBeouf and as he's transforming and as he's growing in height there's that POV shot from Optimus's point of view where the camera is coming up 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 and then Shia and Megan are looking smaller and smaller and smaller and then uh, he finishes his transformation and then you know, ends with the wheels spinning on his legs. So good, so cool.
1: So so cool. I love that.
2: Very and good like, choice.
1: There's nothing else to really say about that. It was just a child. You know, like that childhood nostalgia for sure. Was yeah. So good. For sure. And then going to you now. Your yeah. number one.
2: Oh, So my number one moment is when Reggie. Uh, shows up at Marcus's doorstep to take his daughter out on a date and Mike and Marcus decide to have a little bit of fun with him it like we said it was just so unexpected it came out of nowhere yeah it's like oh we're fighting these bad guys and we almost died and then the doorbell rings oh let's go rag on this little kid (laughs) you know and the funniest thing about it is spoiler spoiler alert Reggie is still around in Marcus's daughter's life so we see him pop up in bad boys 3 And that's another reason why I think I really like Bad Boys 3 is there's so many callbacks to the first two movies. They talk about that scene where um, Marcus gets shot in the butt at the uh, KKK rally. So they Mm. they bring that up. You know, Reggie (laughs) makes an appearance. Um, The chief is back. All these little scenes. It was really great to see. They also mention in passing what happened to Gabrielle Union's character, how Mike dumped her and Marcus was pissed about that. But um, yeah, that was my number one movie. And that is why I also love Bad Boys for Life so much. That was our episode. Thanks for tuning in. We talked about Bad Boys for Life and also went through our favorite Michael Bay moments. Tune in next week for our Academy Awards episode. We'll see you then.